Hi friends, hey! <laughs> it's me, your pal Larry. Welcome to another episode of The Mercurial. This is a podcast where we try to be a serious podcast and we are not all just faking it till we make it. Which I actually really hate that turn of phrase, but apparently is quite apt in this situation. Anyway! <laughs> How is everybody? How you all doing? I hope you are doing as well as can be expected. I hope you're excelling past that point. I hope you are having a marvelous week and that you're motivated, you're feeling optimistic, you're positive, you're doing your best. I hope you're doing well. I am doing surprisingly well. I just want to start this episode off by thanking um, the people who reached out after listening to the last couple of episodes, um, I was actually really taken aback that people, obviously friends of ours, who reached out and empathised or apologised or shared their own stories. It was so, um, it was actually really, really, I don't know what the word is here. I can't think right now, but it was quite touching to hear that a lot of people felt that now that they had heard about whether it was my struggles or whether it was Michael, whether it was feedback from Susan or from the resilience episode, um, that they felt like either they could relate or that they really appreciated us taking the time to share, you know, those personal bits about our lives because I was horrendously anxious about people hearing the stuff that I shared on the last episode um because I'm just (laughs) I'm not a person who does well with uh, pity so I was really 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 worried that it would come across like that but apparently didn't so I'm really really glad and so thank you to those of you who reached out it was obviously incredibly touching um, and I really, really appreciated it. I was actually super, super emotional the other day and I was just like, I can't believe, you know, like people heard what we said and were just lovely about it because that's not really the reaction that I'm, that I'm, sorry, specifically that I'm used to, to receiving. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It means more than you know. <laughs> I'm just a little fluff ball on the inside, okay? <laughs> alright, 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 alright. So yeah, I just pretty much want to say thank you. Um, yeah, I'm truly, truly, truly honoured that that people even take the time to listen to half the shit that comes out of my mouth. <laughs> and I also really, really want to thank um, uh, both Michael and Susan for, for coming on and, and, you know, and sharing their thoughts, feelings, opinions, things like that. Um, there is more to come. I have more, more people. I don't know. I don't know what's happened. It's like, this is the thing now. Everyone's like, we've got to get on Larry's podcast. We've got to, we've got to share our tales and I'm all for it. Um, like I said, last episode, even if it's not mental health related, if there's something you want to just share and this is the plat, you know, you want a platform for something, come on here, man. I'm all about supporting that. I'm all about it. Okay, so um, before we get into today's podcast, obviously, you just be aware, you can find me on Instagram at Mercurial Podcast. I will 1000% respond to you if you message me there. If you email me, I can't guarantee it, but you can try at mercurial.podcast at gmail.com. Same as Facebook and Twitter. I don't really go there. Twitter is definitely not my medium. The short form, I don't know, Twitter gives me anxiety. It's like there's like a thing where you have to be witty in, in your text things tweets and I just I'm not here for it it's not my platform I'm just like I said placeholders if those are your mediums and you want to reach out go ahead I'll get to you eventually (laughs) so please reach out to us so today I really uh, I can't be bothered editing this I'm just gonna leave it in here today I want to talk to you about therapy so in the last episode Michael and I were talking about how there was a subreddit about um, what are the red flags that you should look for in a therapist. And I was going to post the link. And then I thought when I had a look at it, 
holy heck, there is a lot of content on here that I was like, we should be, we should be discussing this. We should have a conversation because there's so much shit on here. People, I doubt like a lot of people have even heard of, of, of half the stuff that I've reading on here. So let us, let us, if I can string together a proper sentence without stuffing it up, <laughs> let's try again. Let's get into it. So this Reddit, it is, um, I mean, it's not, it's not new, new. Um, I'm just trying to read through, bear with me. Okay. So six months ago, it has about six, 6,400 upvotes. 900 odd comments um and it's a serious thread posted by banjus 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 b-a-n-j-u-z six months ago therapists have read it what are some red flags we should look for look out for in a therapist excellent question right so if you have heard the last podcast michael and i were talking about how we've both had experience with psychologists he fortunately had a good, a very good experience where he did 10 sessions with them, learned to manage um, his, his anxiety and stuff. So I had a very poor experience where my I didn't feel like the lady that I was seeing was really understanding what I was trying. She didn't get what I was putting down, you know what I'm saying? So I didn't even think to question my therapist. I just assumed that the psychologist was qualified enough to treat me. But I suppose it's the same sort of rule... Um, with a GP, you know, um, if a GP, if you tell them, for example, a few years ago, um, I was having some really, really bad back pain. I thought I'd injured my back, um, lifting something in my garage and I saw a GP, he gave, he prescribed me anti-inflammatories and, and stuff like that. And then after a few more weeks of excruciating back pain, <laughs> intermittently, I should say, um, I went back to, a, and I saw a different GP because I was like, something's not right. This stuff isn't doing anything to help me. Found out I passed a kidney stone. So didn't really injure my back after all. <laughs> There's a story for you. <clears throat> anyway, so I suppose it's the same sort of vein. If you're seeking a mental health treatment plan, and like I said, I'm not a, a mental health expert or anything, um, but having been experienced in this field and having done a lot of sort of training in this field, which I'll get into in another podcast, um, having, having the right person to work your treatment plan with is very, very, very important. And obviously the results of the outcomes later are going to be much better if you're working with someone that you both like, respect, understand mutually, et cetera, et cetera. So let's get into this point. So, ah, <laughs> So, 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 so. Why do I say that so much? Anyway, this is a therapist, uh, username GDAEM. Uh, they've been a therapist for a few years and they say they're never not horrified at the stories people share of their bad experiences with therapists. So these are the red flags that this user shares. Number one, therapist talks too much about their training, background, professional accomplishments, etc. And then obviously, look, I'm going to read out the entire post. I'll post the link at the end of this. Go check out the full detail for yourselves. We're just going to paraphrase. From memory, yes, my psychologist did do a lot of training about her background. <laughs> I was like, where was this thread back in 2015 or whatever it was, 2016? I don't remember. Anyway, number two, the therapist has their own agenda for therapy. The first question you should ask is, or you should be asked, I should say, uh, what are your goals for therapy? What do you want to accomplish? Not something I was asked. And obviously, this is a very good question. Um, they are there to help you, right? <laughs> I hope. Number three, a therapist who consistently cancels appointments for no apparent reason. Okay, yeah, nobody stands a flake. I think that goes for anything in life. You're dating someone who's consistently cancelling on you. Any kind of professional who's consistently cancelling fuck them up. Like, I mean, no, don't fuck them up. Just fuck them off. Okay. Get out of there. You don't need that negativity in your life. You are already a human being trying to get through life, trying to seek help for yourself. And if this person who's literally job, literal job is to help you manage your life or whatever, or illness or whatever, whatever, whatever. And they cancel it get out of here. <laughs> I think a reasonable amount of cancellations is three. 
um, two or three. Because depending on the time frame too, if someone cancels on you, say, a weekly appointment three times in a row, dead to me. You're gone. I'm not coming back to you. If it's three times within a week, I'm probably going to be a little bit more lenient because it's possible some shit could be going down in that week. Can you imagine if they're a therapist or a psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever, counsellor, and they've got, say, a urgent hospital case or... Um, a particular patient who is literally life or death struggling um, and they're giving their time up to them, then I obviously I understand that. I'm not going to be like an asshole and be like, oh, I'm not coming back to you because you prioritise a different patient over me. I think you've got to be realistic in that expectation. I mean, that's it's something I've heard of happening before, not to me personally, but to other people I've spoken to where their therapist hasn't said to them specifically hey, this person's on suicide watch, but they've alluded to it. So I think that's obviously something you'd be mindful of as well. Anyway, number four, a therapist who is adamant about one therapy approach and sticks to that approach only is more of an orange flag. I think this would probably be more of a case uh, for old, what I like to call old schoolers. Um, same deal with a GP who, who obviously, not that I go entirely by new, um, medicine techniques or, you know, holistic approaches, but I do think that there's never ever a one size fit all approach to mental health. And if someone isn't willing to bend with you, then fuck them off. (laughs) Get out of there. Find someone better. I think the best way for me to put this, and I said this to somebody the other day, if you've watched Pokemon, do you guys know what a Bellsprout is? <laughs> Bellsprout is like literally a sprout. Like it's a, a bendy stem with, with kind of, I guess it's like a, a bud, a flower bud head or like a fruit bud at the top. Bellsprout. <laughs> anyway, so there's this Pokemon battle. I don't remember when. Sorry, I just knocked the microphone. Um where Bellsprout is versing Muck and the Muck like (laughs) tries to like fold over the Bellsprout but it's bending in the breeze do you know what I mean I don't know why I'm literally swaying side to side by it but that's the kind of thing that a I advocate for with regards to resilience just bend with the breeze obviously don't be a pushover because you're still standing but you're just bending with the turns. But the same way, on the flip side, your therapist should be able to bend with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, all right. Number five, <laughs> keep an eye out for therapists who use treatment approaches which are not empirically based or generally supported by the scientific community. Community? <laughs> community? Community. Um, they go on to say, it's not that these therapies do not work. In fact, they have been shown to work very effectively. The issue is when a therapist has recently taken training in something and now it's their go-to approach for everything. So they don't call it a red flag, but an orange flag. I'm like, yeah, okay, fair enough. Six, if your therapist only wants to give you a diagnosis and not therapy, that's a red flag. Unless it's, that's why you're seeking school vocational disability benefits, etc., etc. Exceptions apply. Therapy is about therapy. Recovery, etc. Hmm. Good point. Number seven, poor bookkeeping, poor payments, poor records, etc. Yeah, bitch, if you ain't got your payments, or if you ain't got your bookkeeping down, I'm out of there. Because it just shows that if you're not, if you're not handling the business side of your business... You're not a good business. And I don't mean that in terms of money, but like organization skills. If you can't handle your business, it suggests to me you're not going to be able to help me if you can't help yourself and your organization and your company, whatever, whatever, whatever. Do you know what I mean? It says, edit, always get a receipt when you pay for services. Not all therapists are covered by insurance providers for one reason or another. Excellent advice. I always got a receipt. It was printed out. And then I would cry over the amount of money I was being gauged. Anyway, number eight, a therapist who has nothing on their walls to show their training. They should have a license or professional designation with the current date year in plain sight. Okay. I never really got why people did that. I was just like, okay, good for you. You graduated from this place. (laughs) But I get, I I suppose it's supposed to be like, um, you know, proof that they're qualified but at the same time can't anyone just print out a certificate stick it up look i'm not here to place doubt in your head i'm just saying this is these are the red flags this person has shared with the reddit 
Number nine is therapists who don't like, do not like to answer professional questions. Therapists provide a service and if they cannot or will not answer questions about how the service will benefit the client, stay away. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. I would never think to ask a question like that. But now I will. <laughs> and then they go on to say number 10. Uh, which is an edit. You can check for ethical complaints or proceedings of any licensed therapist, which can be, which can make some people uncomfortable because it's like they're going to be going. Wow, this is some terrible grammar and spelling. They are going behind the therapist's back. Disagree. The same way you check for reviews of any restaurant or food truck. Well, okay, me. The same way I check for any reviews of a food truck, restaurant, anything like that, even like any kind of business that you've used, if you're checking reviews, why wouldn't you vet your therapist most importantly, right? Same way as when I go, if I'm getting a tattoo of someone I've never been inked, like I've never had a tattoo by this person before, I'll check their Instagram. And then if I'm like, hmm, maybe they're, their color work isn't up to scratch or maybe their line work is trash. I'm not going to go get a line art tattoo from someone who can't do lines. Same way is I'm not going to go to a therapist who has 15 to 25 complaints about being an ass. Right? Makes sense to me. Hmm. Um... <laughs> There's also some more notes on here. There's an edit. They said they forgot to add from the client side of things. This is important. I've got a yaw. Excuse me. Oh, who's me? Why am I tired? Anyway, what it boils down to is you're paying for a service. If you took your car to a mechanic and they just washed and waxed it when you took it in for brake repairs, would you go back? Probably not. And that is an excellent point. They go on to say, if you go to a therapist, you don't like them, don't have a good rapport or just don't click. You don't have to go back. 100%. I went to this lady twice. I don't even remember her name. And I'm usually excellent with names and faces. And for whatever reason, she's just a foggy, blondish, light brownish haired woman in my head <laughs> I can't remember anything else I don't I even I don't I vaguely recall the location of the office I think it was in Blacktown I don't remember anyway yeah I did two or three with her and it, it just I don't know I didn't feel like I could talk to her so I didn't go back and I pretty much told them that when they called up to rebook my next appointment I said I'm not coming back they said why well, I'm like I just don't just doesn't work for me anyway um let's have a look down the thread any other um details okay uh user baba yagatron baba yagatron i like that okay it says everyone is going into therapy with a different personal history and different goals and your therapist should have the tools training and perspective necessary to oh why do people keep making it if i can't to with with you <laughs> To with with you where you are. Uh, what are you trying to say, Baba Yagatron? All right, let's just skip that sentence. I'm absolutely appalled how few therapists have any training in recognizing or treating the sequelae. Is that how you pronounce that word? Of abuse. It is even more appalling. Half. You know what? This is just gonna freak more people out. Let's skip that. Um. And then it's just people sharing their own therapy stories. You know, some people saying that they went to therapy as a kid and they never recognized that the kid was being abused at home. Um, and what really, really is sad is that this user is actually writing, granted, I was whitewashing some stuff because I was embarrassed. But I'm like, if you're 12 years old and you're seeing a therapist and you're whitewashing, like, why are you placing the blame on yourself? You were abused as a child! Sorry. Um, let's scroll down. So, okay. Um, so the therapist who, who I just rated those 10 points on, GDAEM, writes, 
there, I see too many issues that people think of as common colds of mental health, severe depression, abuse, trauma, sexual assault, domestic violence, to name a few. Any topic in mental health is not easy and these are no exceptions. Just like doctors have areas they work in, dentists have areas they like, therapists have a special place in their professional heart for certain topics. If your therapist isn't trained or experienced in trauma therapy, good trauma therapy, they emphasize, bail out. Um, but there's some more news about um, the qualifications for therapists on here um, and some more information on abuser tactics being insidious and that the abuser often ends up presenting as a stable, rational, empathetic, good partner. So it's like, I think it's kind of like emphasizing that it's hard for them to like, uh, I get that they don't want to put all the blame on or, or put all their energy on the therapist having to identify every every potential situation but you know (laughs) I still feel like there is some onus on them to pick up on maybe subtle traits that even a patient or client would not feel comfortable discussing openly without being prompted anyway clinical psychologist comments uh Yukon do it too um, these are generally good tips. A few things to keep in mind. Number one, there are many types of professionals who offer therapy, um, and they list all the suffixes for PhD, psychology, blah, 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 blah. They do not all renew licenses at the same time. Each field and state does this differently. While this individual may renew at the beginning of the year, in my state, psychologists renew every two years in September. So if you have concerns about the legitimacy of your provider, please search them with your state licensing board. That's fair enough. Do not listen to what a random person on Reddit says about when and on how they may display their license. Additionally, many therapists share office space and thus don't post licenses, degrees, etc. Check with your state board if you have questions. Excellent point, Yukon. Um, the second is, if someone is claiming to be a therapist and do therapy, they should do more than just provide a diagnosis. However, there are many providers whose primary role is only to do assessment and make a diagnosis. Prior to making an appointment, confirm who you are seeing and if they do both therapy and assessment if you want to do both. Fair enough. Um, okay, they're American, so like a lot of this US stuff, stuff, stuff. Um... <laughs> This user, what, what dodo, what dodo does do? What dodo does do? I don't know, whatever. Okay. I visited a therapist. On the first session, I mentioned needing a vacation. I had one planned out and everything. She kept interrupting me, then eventually told me I'd be happy at a crowded beach closer to us or sitting in a chair in my backyard. Like, lady, I'm paying for your vacation. You need to stop. Wow, that's wild. You know what? Red flag. Bitch, get out of there. They're not here to help you. That's terrible. Um, <laughs> she goes, uh, I, I, why am I assuming gender? No. The user says, thanks. It was so annoying. She kept interrupting me. I said, I'll be sitting on a tropical beach fishing from the shore, drinking margaritas all day for two weeks. And then immediately quipped, you mean water? Every time I said margarita, she said water. So I said margarita as many times as I could in 45 minutes. Hell yeah. Troll back. And then never go back and pay that woman for your services therapeutic disclosure we're all human and some clients find it endearing when they get to hear about the therapist's life because it makes them more relatable not everyone though therapy is about the client not the therapist agreed yeah 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 19 619 i should write 619 one of my biggest horrors as a therapist is hearing my clients stories about how they constantly felt as though former therapists were competing with them over who had it worst are you serious Oh my gosh. Red flag. Get out of there. Also, if your therapist is trying to touch you, like in a non-professional way, get out of there. Get out. Oh, I've just seen way too many movies where the therapist gets creepy and like, oh, yuck. Uh, okay. Furlong writes, I have seen many therapists due to moving a lot. I had one who kept focusing on an issue in session that was something I had made peace with, wasn't trying to fix and had told him as much multiple times. There was a different issue I was trying to fix and told him this also. The guy wouldn't take notes and just kept going back to trying to address the issue I wasn't even seeing him for. After five sessions, I quit him. I know sometimes issues are intertwined but he wouldn't even talk about the thing I was seeing him about. I'm not a therapist but if they can't keep your goals straight then they aren't worth seeing. Yes, right. Get out of there. Good. 
Get out of there, Furlong. They don't respect you. They're listening to you. You know yourself best is probably the best takeaway of that. If you know, if you're hyper like self-aware, you know what your issue is that you want to work on and you're seeing a therapist or a psychologist, psychiatrist for treatment for that specific issue, obviously some stuff, like I said, is intertwined. But if they're not focusing on that, get out of there! <laughs> Why are you there? Don't waste your money seeing people that aren't willing to listen to you. Active listening is important can't active listen why are you here you know what's a really good question i think you should go go in and be like why why are you a therapist oh you're not here to talk about me no but i would like to know why you're a therapist are you here because of money access to drugs vulnerability is it a power trip do you genuinely want to help people i don't know my brain works in weird ways uh, this person who no longer is on Reddit, their username is deleted, says, I'd like to add that if they end your session after 15 minutes, are late to the session to begin with, take uh, phone calls or text during the session, huge red flag. Had a therapist do that to me for a few weeks in a row and then I reported her. Oh, I think my psychologist took a phone call during one of our sessions once. I remember the phone ringing. And I was like, are you fucked? And because I'm the type of person I am, she's like, sorry, I need to take this. I was like, that's okay. Because I'm an ass and I can't stand up and say, no, it's not okay. I am not okay. Why are you taking a phone call while I'm paying you for your time? (sighs) What the fuck? (laughs) Insane. Okay. There's other people talking about employee assistance programs where they've been provided therapists through work. Um, this The user, who the one that's been deleted, says, I went to see them after another nasty, very nasty fatality at work, train versus truck. I'd already had a few fatalities in the past, and this time I decided to get some help because it was obvious to me that I needed it. The therapist listened to me up to a point when I was relating my experiences and quickly cut me off saying I was like a bank teller that had been in a holdup and they're like um yeah nah I, I when I told him my nightmares were profoundly affecting me he said get out of bed and get a drink yeah dude I'm already out of bed and in fact out of the house standing in the middle of the road trying to shake those images out of my head I felt he couldn't relate on any level didn't listen to me made assumptions based on some protocol that didn't really apply to my levels of trauma so I never went back and it turned me off therapy when I really could have benefited from it so I'd say find the right fit and don't give up when you get people who are not helping red flags for sure but there are plenty of professionals out there who can change your life so true I'm gonna upvote this even though this guy is not on um, reddit anymore Oh, dude, that's so hard. See, press wide honk says the validation is so important. I feel like I leave therapy so much lighter when I tell my therapist I feel stupid for getting feeling angry or upset about something. And she says, no, you shouldn't feel stupid at all. You're going through a lot with this and your emotional response is what it is. If you feel like it's a big response, you must really be hurting. I've cried so many times hearing that because I'm the type to think my troubles are petty and that I'm just weak for not handling them well. Oh, no, you are not. Press white or honk, you get those feelings out. Oh, my gosh. No, 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 no. Dennis S852 says, in my second session, my therapist told me, that's not stupid and you shouldn't feel bad about that. I can totally see why you would do that. I might have done the same in your place. I totally broke down for basically the same reasons you mentioned. Hope you're doing good. Yes, uplift each other. Support. Feel the love. This is the point, right? We're talking about therapists and red flags. You have a Reddit here full of people who have sought therapy for one reason or another. Maybe it's a chronic issue. Maybe it was an acute issue. Maybe it was like, you know, an intermittent thing. They go in every couple of years when they feel like they're relapsing. But the point is they're finding help with someone they're comfortable with. So that is the recommendation I'm putting out there too. Even though I didn't do it. Do as I say, not as I do. Anyway, uh, let's have a look. Hmm. Wow. Man, you know, the wor- the thing I worry about now is because we're talking about red flags for therapists. It's, it's really painting them in a bad light. So let's just look for the positivity here. Because we've gone through the, you know, majority of red flag issues. 
um, that we should be staying away from or keeping in mind. Hmm. Oh, look, people talking about body dysmorphia. I never sought treatment for that. I just kind of got over it. <laughs> and that's not, like I said, <laughs> I got over it because I don't know. I just did. I mean, I kind of did. I kind of didn't. I know it's always in the back of my head, but whatever. Um, Mm. yes so many people pushing their expectations on you is not okay and Steve Trove asks can you elaborate on this I would have thought it's normal for a therapist to express what they would expect of a patient example you expect them to be on time complete relevant questionnaires be honest or something like that excellent question uh, Philip the Sky responds, those expectations, sure. I tell my clients that I expect that they respect my time, me as a human, and that the best way for me to be of assistance is if they are honest with me while understanding that trust builds over time. 100%! What I meant in my post is a therapist having expectations of their client that isn't congruent with their goals or capabilities. For example, if I had a client who has not spoken to their children in many years due to chronic drug addiction, I might have the hope that they would want to rebuild their relationship with their kids, but I shouldn't impose that on my client unless they are express wanting to do so. Goals for treatment should be a collaboration between client and therapist, with the client outlining outlining, their goals and the therapist facilitating change to, to achieve those goals. Very generally speaking, edited for typos. Thank you, Philip Sky. Excellent point. All right, so the takeaway here, when you are looking for a great therapist, one, respect is important. They need to respect you. You need to respect them. Obviously, um, that takes it to consideration being on time, both you and them, um, respecting the process, not rushing, understanding that trust is a process. You're not going to get results after one freaking appointment. It's, It's an ongoing plan. It's like a, a small step towards managing over because the whole whole idea right, is that you're managing for a long term payoff. It's, it's it's like a it's it's not gonna like fix itself overnight, and it's not gonna the right type of therapy shouldn't be a band aid solution. Like I said last episode, I want to treat the cause of my trauma or my experience or my hurt rather than just pushing the symptom aside. So obviously respect, trust, engaging, and being active in the process. If your therapist is actively listening to you and understanding your issues, you need to listen in turn and take the advice on board. You need to be open to hearing it because like that saying says, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And if you're in a therapist, but you aren't ready to drink, <laughs> so they drink the Kool-Aid, that's not what I'm saying. You're not ready to drink the water that they're holding out to you. Why are you there? Don't waste each other's time. Don't waste your money if you're not willing to put in the effort that it requires to help shift your thinking or to help yourself improve. Don't go. If you ain't going to listen. Seems pretty straightforward. Um, the other thing, um, obviously active listening. What else were we talking about? So many different things, man. Like, make sure you're comfortable. If you're not comfortable with your therapist, don't waste your time with them. Because instead of doing the work and recovering, you're going to be worrying about being comfortable I'm yawning I'm sorry okay yeah so instead of my point is is instead of doing the work that you require to recover you're going to be worried about how uncomfortable anxious stressed whatever you're feeling when you're in the position but like we said just then (laughs) Your first visit, and it's not going to be 100% comfortable. Um, I, having had a very uncomfortable therapy experience where I didn't feel like my psychologist listened to me at all, 
and having been really turned off the experience, I'm still open to it because I do feel like if you go in with an open mind and you find the right person to treat you, you can achieve anything. Um, hmm, what else is there? Be mindful of how much they let you talk. They shouldn't structurally be interrupting or talking over you. Listening is the most important skill for a therapist. Thank you, Rhonda Valley. <laughs> Such a good point. Upvote. Can't even upvote. Maybe this thread is closed. That's disappointing. How does... Oh, here's a very good question. Crystal clear buffin? I thought it said button, but it's, those are definitely Fs. Says, how does one find what therapy suits them? And Mangito responds, Dispen- dispense. Depends on what... Duh, I can't even speak. Depends what you're going to therapy for and what you want out of it. Other than that, it's like trial and error. Some people respond better to emotional support than other types, like coaching. Uh, Distant Applause also responds, if you have a general idea of what your problems are, then you can do some research about what's clinically effective for it. For instance, cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, is the gold standard treatment for things like OCD, panic disorder, where you need to rewire your brain's primitive responses to certain things. Other forms of therapy are unlikely or pretty unlikely to make a significant impact on conditions like that. CBT is still excellent for worry, general anxiety and depression, but if it doesn't work for you, then there are humanist and psychodynamic approaches that work for some people. Likewise, for general issues with self-esteem, for challenging life situations where you just need to talk something out and problem solve with someone neutral. If you go to a CBT session expecting to dig into your childhood or the specifics of your life and difficulties, you'll probably be disappointed as a therapist is more focused on your response to difficulties rather than the specifics of them or where they came from excellent point obviously the person who wrote this isn't actually a therapist but they're very interested in it so they said don't take any of it as medical advice but as an encouragement to do some prodding around and find what sounds like would work for you (laughs) oh dear um sorry i get why i get why michael i get where you got your cock and ball torture from cbt this is jamie m522 what is cbt i only know it in an nsfw environment hell damn boy okay let's go down a little bit further hmm my jaw hurts ow Lots of people asking questions about CBT. C-dubs2788. I've seen therapists pretty much my entire life. Just like with meeting any new people, some you click with, some you don't. First session or two should be more of getting to know each other, goals, almost an interview for both sides. Remember you have the control here so if you don't like the therapist don't see them anymore biggest thing is if they if you don't like the person or aren't completely comfortable immediately stop going to the therapist and look for a new one when you find a good one it's such a great thing i paraphrase that um yeah so a lot of people some great advice if you scroll down there's so much it's, it's a it's a it's a pretty decent thread um no one's being dumb in here too, which is great. Look good to see people respecting Reddit's rules. Maybe they've got a really good moderator in here. I don't know. Um, but I'm going to post this in the, sh- in the notes for the show. Do check it out on the Reddit. There's also um, Psychology Today also have an article Um, that I thought was really interesting and it's called is your therapist re-traumatizing you and they also have seven red flags listed for a a poor therapist so pretty much what they're saying is the number one thing is your life outside of your therapy session should be improving if you're seeking therapy so if it isn't you're not seeing a measurable improvement in your life you're not feeling more confident you're not feeling um like you're handling your stress better 
because your therapist or your counselor, your psychologist should be helping you. Sorry, I'm just poking my eye. Should be helping you find your strengths and helping empower you. They're supposed to be helping you feed your resilience. Remember we're talking about resilience is the, the ability to be resourceful, to you let your resources empower you to withstand the stress or whatever the situation. If that isn't happening and you feel like your therapist is just picking at your wounds um, and just like bringing up old trauma that's making you feel worse, get out of there. <laughs> How many times do I got to say it today? Get out. Find someone new. The second point they have is your social interactions and your relationships should also be improving. If you're cutting your friends off or your relationships off to the point where your therapist is the only person you're confiding in in your life, that could indicate a problem. Um, obviously, when you're going through therapy, it's normal to have a, a shift in your relationships over the course of therapy. Um, for example, if there are a lot of toxic or negative people in your life that have been draining you um, or the relationships or the, the friendships that you're in are pretty much one way and you're investing all this time and effort and these people are not good for you and you're cutting them out and you're better for it, that's great. That's the goal. But if you're also cutting out friends um, like all your relationships are ending and your therapist is the only fulfilling relationship in your life, that's not good because having a healthy social group in your life is one of the essential ingredients for living a longer and healthier life. So if you're, see if you're seeing a really good therapist or a counsellor, they should be able to help you cultivate th that part of your life, especially because it's very, very, very important. We are social creatures. We require... I mean, Yo, you've played The Sims. What are one of the main things you need to help your Sim manage? It's like your social, right? Your social meter thing. If it goes red, your Sim's depressed. It's the same thing for real life. I rest my case. Anyway, number three on the list. Psychology Today say, you have money and your finances are stabilizing. That's great. Because if you're saving all your extra dollars just to see a therapist, that's not good. A healthy, healthy therapy shouldn't be um, bankrupting you, essentially. If, um, if you're in a position where you're literally running out of cash because you're spending all of it on seeing a therapist, that it's, it's not ethical for, for that to be happening. They should be working with you to, um, you know, scale down your fee, work out a payment plan or referring you to community clinic, which has um, they have the ability to scale your fee for therapy if you're struggling with finances. Right. Doesn't that sound promising? Anyway, number four, your therapist or counselor focuses on the positive. Of course, the glass is half full. We're talking about this in resilience. Being positive, being optimistic is really, 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 really important. There's heaps of research that supports that idea. And it's the, the reason that therapy works is because it helps adjust unhealthy ways of viewing the world in a positive or not positive. Oh, my God. Unhealthy ways of viewing the world in a negative way. Um, so whether it's, you know, stuff that you've grown up with or stuff you know, bias, things like that. Um, that's the whole point is to shift it. If your therapist is perpetuating negative beliefs or unhealthy ways of processing information, then you are not healing. They could be making you worse. So if the old therapist is, um, just say, for example, explaining something to you or if they're paraphrasing, they're reframing a particular statement or advice. If they're constantly pointing out negatives with no positive reviews or no positive opinions, points, etc. Get out of there! <laughs> you gotta go! This person is not good for you. Number five. Laughter is part of the process. Well, I suppose there's that saying, right? Laughter is the best medicine. And this is exactly what they say in this article. Your therapist should be able to laugh with you and help you laugh at yourself. I mean, if they're nonstop, like, serious and they're really dry, 
that's not good. Everybody deserves a laugh every now and then. It says right here, nonstop seriousness is not healthy and downright unbalanced. Humor is one of the largest aspects of resilience. Yes, it is. Thank you. <laughs> um, anyway, humor is one of the largest aspects of resilience and the ability to bounce back from trauma. So, yeah, of course, we're going to go in there. We're going to have a serious moment. We're going to be crying. They're going to be handing us the tissue box. Releasing pain is one of the biggest forms of recovering. True. But humor and laughter is also crucial. You can benefit from like looking at a different counselor or therapist if the one you're seeing is too freaking tight. If they don't let you laugh or they don't relax with you enough to make jokes, get out of there. Don't want no boring counselors up in here. Okay. All right. Number six, therapy is not a marriage. <laughs> if you've been seeing your therapist longer than you've lived in a house, in your house or longer than you've had a job, longer than you've been with your partner, because there are people out there who've been seeing a counselor every week for 20 odd years. Super, super, super controversial. Um, they, there's a lot of research that shows that long-term therapy with one therapist can be a problem. Anyway, in those situations, the therapist is creating a dependent relationship. Not good. Get out of there. Also against the ethics. It's completely unethical to do harm by fostering a dependent relationship or abusing power with a client slash patient, whatever they call them. Get out of there. <laughs> number seven finally therapists should respect your boundaries <sighs> things that have resulted or can result in getting a therapist's license revoked one they should never engage in any kind of romantic relationship they should not tease they should not flirt they are strictly prohibited from dating you if there's any kind of romantic attraction they need to refer you to someone else if they're feeling that right if they're feeling there's a vibe, they're like, mmm, tasty vibe. They're going to refer you on. They can't be treating you for your things if they're trying to get in your pants or trying to avoid getting in your pants because the desire is too strong. I've been watching a lot of anime. I'm sorry. Um, in addition to this, they cannot engage in a dual relationship with you. What does that mean? <laughs> they can't be going to the gym with you to exercise and work out. They can't be going on runs with you. They can't be, um, uh, if you're like, for example, if you are, um, what's a good example of this? If you're the coach of your therapist kid's soccer team, they can't be seeing you. <laughs> like if there's any kind of link outside the therapy relationship, between the two of you, just say for example, you're you're their hairdresser. No, cannot work. They you can you can have a only a one way relationship with your with the client. Anything else, not okay. You cannot barter for service. Um, can they? They're not allowed to exploit or abuse the power that they have as your therapist. So obviously, therapy is super super challenging because when you're opening up to a therapist or psychiatrist, psychologist, counselor, whoever you're seeing. Um, you're being vulnerable with them, right? You're sharing parts of yourself and you, when you're vulnerable, you want to hope that the person you're speaking to has the, the, their best, your best interests at heart. Some, sometimes they don't. Most of the time they do. Don't be dissuaded from seeking help because of these stories. Use this as information to weed out the shitty therapists out there. Um, because there's always going to be some, just like there are shitty GPs out there, the shitty hairdressers out there, the shitty tattoo artists, there's, you know, shitty restaurants. Like there's always going to be a shitty version. Everything's on a scale. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, so the advice psychology today provides say, like love, if you've been burned, don't give up. Good therapy can be the most healing elixir around. It can improve your overall health, relationships, career, lifespan, and quality of life. So anyway, that's it for today's episode. Therapists! Um, I highly encourage... Obviously, therapy is not for everybody. So like we iterated earlier on... Um, 
it's there are different treatment plans for different issues but if you are seeking therapy go go for it you know what i mean i mean don't let don't let money affect you obviously if you're in a position where you've got no cash you can always log online hit up beyond blue hit up lifeline there are free services that you can use there beyond blue especially has a forum where you can write in there introduce yourself and um but it's a it's pretty much a community so an online community of people you can go on there and introduce yourself um there's a lot of new people constantly putting new posts in information about how the forums work um you can talk about mental health in a place with other people who are actually interested in discussing it um socializing with people um look other members on other topics things like that um so the spaces for anxiety for depression ptsd and trauma suicidal thoughts and self-harm self-care by staying well treatments health professionals and therapies relationship issues supporting your family and friends with the mental health condition like for carers long-term support there's um posts for young people sexuality gender gender identity multicultural experiences grief and loss so you can sign up there you can be entirely anonymous but i think it's especially if you're in a position where you can't seek out your own help yet to pay for a therapist or if you're not comfortable seeking community care um to see a counselor or to get a referral from your gp i think it's a very good resource to have especially since most of us have internet access to get on there and use it so without further ado i'm gonna wrap this up thank you for being here with us today to talk about therapy um september what a month huh (laughs) we're getting through it um if you want to get in contact with us, hit us up on Instagram at Curial Podcast. Send me an email, mercurial.podcast at gmail.com. If you want to if you want to get on here and have a chat, doesn't have to be my mental health. Remember that. Hit me up. Let's have a conversation. Until then, please look after yourself. Look after each other. Stay chill. <laughs> um, and most importantly, yeah, just just be good to yourselves. Yeah. I mean, the world is the world is hard enough as it is out there. There's a lot of really rough shit going on. And if at the very least you can be kind to yourself, um, just to make things a little bit easier, then that's that's what I wish for you. But uh, until then, I'll catch you next time. Bye.